I want to talk with you about being focused today. How many brave souls do I have here that are ADHD or ADD? One more time. Come on. Don't be shy. It's like AA. My name is Fred, and I am ADD. Okay. So we have, we have several people here that has a little ADD. I have ADHD. It's both challenging, frustrating, and absolute rush. More frustrating for those on the outside than for us. There's not many people that can be here and scan around the globe in 30 seconds. <clears throat> so the title of my message is Stay Focused. <laughs> okay. There is a lot going on today uh, throughout all of the world that's occupying our minds or trying to occupy all of our minds in case you have not noticed it. Uh, there is a lot of competition for our attention. It is every kind of news organization you can think of, every kind of commercial you can think of. It's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's TikTok. It's all of those things trying their best to grab your attention, of which none of you probably even have anything to do with. Liar, liar, pants on fire. How many are TikTok freaks? How many can't get off of Instagram? <laughs> How many are doing it right now when you're supposed to be studying? Don't worry about Sister Danuta. How many are doing <laughs> There's a competing spirit out there. It's all nationwide. It's worldwide. Uh, there's all kinds of activities trying to fill our cranium, this, this skull that we have in order to Velcro the stuff in our heads, thought processes are all of our thought processes that cause all of us to think more horizontally than vertically. Kind of, you know, horizontally with one another and with internets and with everything that's going around the world, horizontally, rather than concentrate specifically on vertically and to get the perspective of the horizontal. Lot, lot competing for your brain. A lot of stuff is competing for your brain. How many know the Holy Spirit is also competing for your brain? Come on. Let me give you a couple examples of what's going on. I'll just quick and go over. I'm not going to elaborate on any of them. We've got a big cancel, uh, cancel culture uh, push throughout all of the world. It's, uh, there's subversive acts of violence that's going on around our cities. Sexual immorality um, is pervasive. The anti-law uh, enforcement uh, mentality, questionable politics, racial injustices, COVID-19, scientific contradictions. Thank you, I needed to get that out. Political hypocrisy and anger, revenge, retaliation mentality. All that is trying to divide our minds. These things stir up emotions in us. How many have experienced emotions, let's just say in the last two weeks? Mm -hmm. How many have experienced uh, intense emotions within the last 30 days? Whoa. I got medication for that. I'm gonna get... Yeah, because it'll do it, won't it? It'll do it. And there's good emotions. There's nothing wrong with emotions. Emotions, like the scripture says, be angry, but what? You've got to be angry. 
you got to be angry. You can be angry. You can't just go, I'm angry. I would like to destroy him, but I'm going to smile and say, praise God. I love you with the love of the Lord, but I could smack you with the arm of the flesh. I could do that, but I can't. It's in you anyway. It's an emotion that you carry. It's the thing that you carry, okay? Emotions can be good. We're talking about love, and we're talking about compassion and gratitude and hope and, and joy and empathy and inspiration. These can be very happy emotions, and we all have experienced those from time to time. And there's bad emotions. There's fear and there's shame. There's self-condemnation. There's hatred. There's retaliation. There's anger. There's bitterness. So life really, if you think about it, listen, life really is about perspective. Do you see what I see? Do I see what you see? Man, he's a good-looking guy. I didn't get that. He looked pretty, you know, wore out to me. She said, yo, but wasn't she really attractive? Man. Well, I thought she was. Well, you know, okay. It's perspective. You know, that guy's about bald. And you ask the bald guy, and he goes, no, I got a couple hairs here. I'm good. I'm fine. It's all about Perspective. Perspective. And then how that perspective is viewed by other people. If, look at this, you've got to concentrate on it. If we are, uh, if, uh, if we're zooming in and that captivates all of the horrible stuff that we constantly keep in our cranium, then things around us are ultimately going to look kind of dismal and we're not going to really be able to see the thing that is the antidote. In other words, we won't be able to see the answer because all we're doing is the close shot. How many have taken photography here? We've got a few people. You know, Eve. How many? Yeah, Eve. That was an eye caught a glimpse of that year. Girl, praise God. You did some good stuff. I'm telling you, that's just amazing. So, um, there's an answer, and then, then all of a sudden, that, that, that kind of does away with the, the, all of the negative stuff that's kind of circulating around our thoughts and our emotions. There is an answer. There is an antidote. There's always an antidote for everything. Now, I want you to listen to me, please, very closely. To get a true perspective on what it is you're trying to see, you've got to zoom out, not zoom in. Because when you zoom in, all you see is this right here. I see you, I see you. It's kind of like Mr. Rogers, I see you. Remember Romper Room when you were, how many baby boomers do baby boomers? Yeah. I see Freddie, I see Jackie, I see Tom. And all you see is one person, one thing. There's a wider perspective, young brothers and sisters, much wider than that. The world is making a play uh, to captivate your mind. And the scripture says in 1 Timothy 2 that we're supposed to have the mind of Christ. Amen? Don't you always have the mind of Christ? Crickets. You can be honest. Do you always have the mind of Christ? No, you don't always have the mind of Christ. Do you have the mind of Christ when you're in the classroom with the profs? If you were honest, you would say what? No. Are there times you do? Are there times of great inspiration? Perspiration? Yes. And there are times there are not. So here is perspective. This is perspective. I'm going to ask, uh, put the first, just the first slide up there, if you would, please. So we got a guy jumping out of a building here, and it, 
doesn't look good. He's jumping out of a brick building. He's trying to brace himself. Uh, I really didn't want to look at the very next. Don't, don't, don't hit it yet. Uh, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to look at it because I didn't want to see the mess, to be very honest with you. But it is a perspective. It is a close-up shot of this guy, and he is not in good shape. Excuse me. Second slide. Bingo! There's the answer. It's a wider perspective, and as a result of that, we can see something redemptive for him. The redemption was, I live another day. Because I've got something, a net underneath of me, that catches me from the thing that I was frightened of, but you really didn't understand, and nor did you fully understand if you're just looking at the close-up shot. A camera zoom makes a subject appear closer or further away in the image. A, a, a zooming in gives you a closer look at objects, but at the same time, it limits you. But zooming out will capture the wider perspective, the truer look, the truer look. We cannot be frightened of the close-up shot which all of us naturally get and concentrate on. And the news even tries to put us, or the social media. It's just, you know, you see people on Facebook and they're so nice and everything's great and everything's wonderful. I'm showing you my kids. I'm showing you my dog. I'm showing you what I'm doing in the woods. I'm showing you I'm taking a bath. I'm showing you I'm doing all kinds of crazy. I'm showing life is just wonderful. And then you hear some stuff that isn't so much wonderful. Have you ever thought about all these people that it's always good, it's always nice, it's all good, it's all good? You, you kind of like to see the wide shot. Is it always good I like to see your life? Is your life anything like mine, maybe? Is there a little bit of pain in that? What's the wider shot? It's the wider uh, perspective that allows us to see that the thing that we can't see if we zoom in. Look at the other picture here. Now, there's the trees, and you're walking through them. And it's, that's what you see. There are trees, a couple, 13, 14 of them. I'm walking through. They are really big. It's a little foggy out there. What do you see? Is it beautiful? Well, I'm just kind of looking at the trees as I'm bouncing into. But they're big trees. I'm a small person. I just keep walking through these trees. But it's a beautiful forest. Well, I can't necessarily see the beautiful forest. What I'm seeing right now is these big trees, and I'm, seeing, I'm feeling some mosquitoes and some flies and some other things. But this is my perspective. This is my zoomed-in shot. But there's a beautiful forest. I don't see it. Second picture. I can see clearly now the rain has come. I see the beautiful forest. I'm seeing 1,300 feet up. It looks really pretty. It looks really nice. It looks like, you know, something I'd like to just kind of fly over and be inspired by. It's the wider shot that gives you the truer understanding of what's going on. It's easy, as the old saying says, to miss the forest for the trees. Very, very easy. I want you to turn, if you would, please, to Matthew chapter 17, if you have your devices, and I hope you do. If you have paper Bible, you'll go to heaven. If you have a, uh, a device, uh, you will uh, still go to heaven, but you'll probably have to wait about 72 hours as they purify your mind. You know, I'm only kidding you. Bring your Bible out. Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. Matthew 17, 1 through 8. We're talking about the transfiguration here. 
Now, I'm, I'm going I'm to get real with you. I'm going to get uh, very specifically real with you because um, I'm not going to over-spiritualize this. I'm going to get you to try to see something in real time and what you go through, okay? Look at this, uh, chapter 17, verse 17. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured. Hallelujah. So spiritual. Oh, I know those apostles, those disciples, they must have had halos over their head. They're just a bunch. How many has been watching The Chosen? That's kind of like that. You know, what do you do when you camp out and all that kind of stuff? People never have problems with people, do they? Spiritual people never argue with one another, do they? There's no competition. Temperaments all stop when you're in the presence of the Lord. If you're a control freak, you're no longer a control freak because you're in the presence of God. If you internalize everything and you don't like to talk about it and you just kind of keep it, then that all goes away and you're going to be a chatty Cathy. No, stuff happens. All of a sudden, he's transfigured. He's totally transformed. The man... Jesus is altered here. There is, a, there is a change. He actually is going through a complete metamorphosis. Now check it out. He is exploding before their very eyes. They are mortals. Jesus is fully man and fully God at the same time. This is a rush that's going on here. A complete metamorphosis was going on before them. And his face, this is Jesus, shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Just that, Now, that ain't enough. His face is like, I mean, it's, this is crazy. His face is shining like the sun. It's like massively shining. All of a sudden, you've got to use sunglasses. You've got to take your eyes like this. He was just Jesus a moment ago. Now he's exploding with light. This is really happening. And, of course, the disciples are going, I'm prepared for this. Hallelujah, pour it on me, Jesus. I'll bet you I wasn't there. I'll bet you they were freaking out. Right up here in the prefrontal cortex. If that's not enough, these two guys come out, Moses and Elijah, and Jesus begins to talk with them. Now, Jesus is talking with Moses and Elijah. Uh, he's talking stuff. He's talking business here. He's talking eternal business here with these guys is what he's doing. Now, notice the attention, please, is on Jesus. And it starts out that way. And all of a sudden, things are going to change. It starts out uh, with, with Jesus, and he's the attention. Moses and Elijah represent the Old Testament and everything that has to do with the Old Testament, uh, Old Testament prophets, the law, the Torah, the Pentateuch. And Jesus represents the New Testament. And, these, and he's having, and he, so he brought these two out as represent, representatives, I guess, and he's sharing with them everything that's going on, basically saying, I'm here, agape love, I'm hope. I'm the Messiah, and there's going to be grace and mercy and, and sacrifice of salvation. There's going to be redemption, and I'm the man by the grace of God. I'm going to give my life. And you can imagine what, what, what Moses and Elijah were thinking. It's just, it just could have been, it was just unbelievable. Uh, now, everything's Jesus. Now comes the big shift. The lack of focus the close-up. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, 
it's good for us that we're here. If you wish, we're going to build some, we're going to build some stuff. What do men normally do when they don't know anything else to do? They go build something. They break something. They kick something. They try to fix something even when they can't fix it. They make believe and make it you think like, honey, the door, the door handle is fixed. It looks good, honey. I know I did it. Oh, please don't use it. I want you to use the front door if you would. It just This is like an ornament. You don't even have to go out this door. This is beautiful. And so <laughs> he's building, building shelters, one for you, one for Moses and Elijah. How did they know it was Moses and Elijah? Did they read it on Facebook? I mean, well, how did they get that? One for Moses and Elijah. How did they know? Well, either Jesus told them or the Holy Spirit revealed it to them. There was no pictures. How do you, how do you know what Moses looked like? He looks just like Moses. Elijah, that, you know, I can tell because he has that pointy beard. That, that's, that's Elijah right there. I know it. They don't even know what they look like but yet they know who they are. Somehow that was revealed to them. But they're getting distracted, young men and women. Listen, they're getting distracted. So they're caught up in the, in the zooming in. They're caught up in the, in the close shot. They're not seeing the wider perspective here at all. Now, admittedly, <laughs> this is blowing their ever-loving minds. You're there. What would you do? I would just be, I would be awestruck. And I would be, it would be wonderful. Uh, there's no doubt. If his face is glowing like the sun, and you just saw him a minute ago, and he had dirt on his face, and, and his clothes are like white, and somehow he's gone through a metamorphosis, and then two guys come out of the somewhere like some hologram, and, and all of a sudden they come in here, and then Jesus is talking with them. What do you do? I'm thinking, this is like, woo. God, am I dreaming? What's going on? Maybe it was too much caffeine. I don't know. It was a bad pizza. Something's going on. I never seen nothing like this. Maybe with them, it could have been a couple bad figs. I don't know. It's blowing their minds. And Jesus, Jesus, it's just amazing. But still, they're missing the main focus. Check this out. Missing the main focus. Jesus is that main focus. He is, um, God is saying to him, I want you to look at him because that's the reason I'm doing all of this transfiguration stuff. You've got to keep your attention on him. Not on the close shot, you see. I want you to see the bigger perspective because all you're doing now, now you're looking at Elijah and Moses and Jesus at the same time, but now you're, you're, you're focusing a little closer. I'm asking you to please look at the wider thing. Look at the greater thing that I'm doing here. The greater thing that I'm doing here and for all of humanity from this point until the day he comes back again. They're zooming in on Moses and Elijah when they should be zooming out and looking at the bigger picture that God has. Jesus, who is the answer? Many of you have come here. Some of you have been here for three years. Some of you have been here for a year. This has been college. It's been difficult. It's been easy for some of you. For those of you who it's been easy for, you're probably not well-liked by those who it's not. <laughs> but you're here for a purpose. They lost the wider perspective. They lost 
the starting emphasis. The starting emphasis was Jesus. You can't do all of life just looking at the close-up shots, young men and women. You cannot do it. While he was still speaking, the scripture says, a bright cloud. Now, all the bright stuff isn't enough. Now we got a bright cloud going on. A bright cloud covered them, and then a voice came out of heaven. This is my beloved sinner in whom I am well pleased. Now, you got to get this. This is crazy. So you got a, a man, Jesus, who's lit up like a 10 billion watt light bulb. His clothes are shining white. You got some men, you don't even know that supposedly Moses and Elijah are just going to take the word of Jesus. You get all this stuff going on, then a cloud, a big cloud starts a circumference around you. Now you're lost in a cloud and a voice, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. Get your focus on, boys. You wouldn't be upset, would you? How many believe the word of God is literal? I do. I believe, it, I believe, I believe from Genesis to Revelation, it's a literal meaning. And I believe this is going on. Now, I want you, I'm saying that because we are, again, go back to the beginning, we are diverted with many uh, distractions that the enemy is trying to put. And you're going to be distracted when you leave this place. You're going to go to New York, some of you. And you're going to meet up with joyous times and you're going to meet up with demon spirits. I don't mean politicians. I mean demon, well, no, no, demon spirits. They're going to be on the streets. You're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be, uh, some of you will be, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Uh, you'll see things perhaps you've never saw before. You're going to experience things you've never heard before. You're going to witness things perhaps that you've never witnessed before. You're going to see wonderful, tremendous miracles of God, and you're going to see some things that might frighten you. But realize this, you represent the one whom God is well pleased with. And he is in you, and he is for you, and he has anointed you to not be distracted, but to keep him as the major focus, and you will not only find yourself in a, in a good place, you will see the hand of God move in ways you'll never forget. You'll be telling your grandkids, you'll never believe what happened to me in this city. This is my beloved God. Listen to him. Some, we're just not real good listeners. Some of some, a lot of people like to talk. Not too many people like to listen. You've heard me say that before. Listening is very, very good, which is different than hearing. I can hear people on the outside. I can hear cars. I can hear motorcycles that are really loud around here. Yeah. I was going to get a fat boy fat boy Harley. Uh, was a couple, few years before we came up here, I was going to get a fat boy Harley, and the name kind of fit. And so, uh, and then I was all ready to get it. I was going to get a fat boy, honey. I'm going to get a fat boy, get my leathers on. Yes, get you some leather, put you on that bike. Uh-huh. I was looking forward to it. And then my hip went out, and then I had to have a, a new hip, and a titanium hip, and next thing I know, I said to the doctor, can I still get my fat boy? He said, you can get it. And you can drive it, and you can ride it. It'll be great. But if you fall, it just might not be good for you because they got a screw holding that thing in there. So it might just crack your hip again. So I just went, I have four, uh, that's it. No more, no more fat boy. That's all right. I didn't do that. 
Listen to it. When the disciples heard this, they fell to their face and they were terrified. Of course they're terrified. If you've listened to the news, it can be terrifying. If you've listened what's going on round about you, it can be a terrifying thing. Now, as a therapist, I'm, I'm kind of giving these guys a little, little slack because I realize that it's been traumatizing for them. So kind of like today, it's, it's very similar to today. The distractions and there's fears and there's, and there's uh, insecurities and, and there's unrest and violence and injustices and immorals and things going on. There's a lot of things that are happening here today that, um, that can traumatize us, cause us to be a little frightened. Notice this. Listen, listen as we come to the end here. Look at this. But Jesus, knowing that they were freaked out, that's my words, noticing that they had just seen a lot, noticing that they had just seen some things that no one really has ever saw in their lives, except some Old Testament prophets had seen some pretty amazing things, he did something that he does to you. He touched them. That's the reason COVID is so crazy for me, because we need to touch people. We pray for them. transport and, and we move in the Holy Spirit. He touched them. Remember the old Gaither song of the day? He touched me. Whoa, he touched me. Oh, a joy that filled my soul. Something happened. Now I know he touched me and made me whole. He touched them. He put his hands on them. Today, that's transferred through the Holy Spirit of God. As we pray, God's Holy Spirit ministers to us. And, and Jesus said to them, he touched them, he calmed their fears, and he said, get up and don't be afraid. Let the main thing be the main thing. Focus, look at the wider perspective here. He said, don't be afraid of this. And then they looked him and they looked up and he touched them and all of a sudden they felt his presence and they realized, oh God, you're with me. You're the one, you're the main focus. Again, this thing, the scripture says the only thing they saw then was Jesus. Moses and Elijah was gone. They only saw him. Back to the starting point, back to the main Jesus that's the reason oh but I'm going to be a teacher that's the reason oh I'm going to be a mom and have 35 kids that's the reason you really need to be here <laughs> whatever you do ministerially, missionary or whatever in life God, that's the reason you're here you will never be the same again until you die at 105 years old It's the main thing. Something happens when Jesus touches us. I mean, he touched the leper in uh, Galilee, and, and he was healed, and he touched uh, Peter's mom-in-law, and she was healed, and he touched the blind man in Bethsaida in Jerusalem, and they were healed. I mean, every time he touched someone, they were healed, they were delivered. They were never disappointed. Now listen. He said, get up. He's commissioning. How many of you or leaving, graduating, and actually leaving. You're, you're, going to, you're about to do life. How many, how many are doing? Okay, so we have some people out here. All right. How many are leaving for the summer, but you're coming back? Quite a few. I've got a commission for you. He says, get up. 
Getting up is a call to action. It is a perspective. Do not be afraid, he says. Um, Don't stay, don't live, don't dwell in that thing that's causing you all the difficulty that you're going through. I'm here. I'm the one. How many ever saw the Matrix? Uh, They said, there, it's okay. The one, right? The one in the Matrix. The whole thing was an allegory about Christ. That's the whole thing. It was about an allegory about Christ. Keanu Reeves. The one. Jesus is the one. There is no one like him, never has been, is not today, nor will it ever be. That's the reason you came here, to serve the one. The Lamb, the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Deliverer, the elect of God, the Lamb of God. You've come here, the Yeshua, the Lion from the tribe of Judah. You have come because He is the truth. He is the Savior. He is Jesus, the wider perspective to a narrow-minded world (laughs) who's desperate for the love of Jesus. I'm going to have just a a little something here, and then we're going to close. I'm going to speak to those who have struggled with maybe some mental health issues. There are mental health issues, and there are mental health issues. I'm not going to ask you to do that because this, but there's not a person in this room who does not have issues. And if you raise your hand, then you've just proven you have a major issue. (laughs) All of us have issues. We're born in issues because we're born in sin. We live to scratch our own itch, but some people have some substantial issues, and they just struggle with them. They could be... Generic, uh, uh, something happened to them, uh, maybe as they were children, or maybe something horrifying. Maybe the family system was was uh, dysfunctional. Maybe they were hurt as a result of that, and they were not able to make it. <clears throat> there are um, there are issues that we need help with, and I'm I'm a therapist, licensed therapist, so I I've helped people for years and years and years. I love it. I do it, and I naturally gravitate. But at some point in our life, hear me, young men and women, at some point in your life, you've got to get up and take the commission from Christ and say, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. You can live in your past and have the enemy constantly remind you of your past that affects your present, that destroys your future. When I was a child, I was told um, by a couple people, this guy's never going to make it. You're not going to make it. Something's wrong with you. You're, you're this and you're that and you're, and you're going to be a loser and, and nothing about you is going to be successful uh, there were some people that I loved, and, and so they were telling me that I am not going to do these things, and when people that love you tell you that you're not going to do these things and you're not these things, as a little child, uh, you're impressionable, and the next thing you know, maybe, maybe you're right. Or maybe things have happened to me, and I go, okay, those things make me sad to think of. And they say, well, no, this is what you are, and this is what you're going to be. And it was some point in my life when I was in the Air Force, and actually my wife shared Christ with me, I got to the place where I thought I knew I had some deficits deficits in my life. I know I had some problems, but it, 
the point in my life when I thought it happened, it was on a television set in Baltimore. Something happened to me. It was very bad. My ADD kicked in, and it wasn't a good <laughs> time for me. And she had all of her people, her, her job, watch my, my husband. We were just married him and have a kid. He's going to be on television. And just I did a freak out, you know, on just on, on this television show back in 1970, whatever, 1974, <clears throat> and um, that Jesus movement. But I, ADD kicked in. I had some drug residue from a few years before that. And I thought, I went to the, my apartment, <clears throat> and I said, I can't believe it. God, everything they said is coming true. I didn't make it. On public TV, I made a fool of myself by staring out into a camera, into oblivion, thinking, oh, my God. I, I don't even know how to talk now, and everything fell apart on me. A very close friend of mine was with me. Tom Nelson was with me. And then I remember the voice of the enemy. Well, you have a deficit. You have a problem. These things happen to you, and this is going to challenge you. This is what you're going to struggle with the rest of your life. No, I'm not. The only person that can define your future and who you are and the success of your life is the person of Jesus Christ. So if you have a mental health issue and you're struggling with that, yes, there's counseling, sometimes yes, there's medication, anything else, but I'm telling you, you can walk out of that, you can get up, and you can do your part as well, and God will set you free. I don't care what the deficit is, that the enemy is trying to say, you are, you are nothing but a plus in the eyes of God. So those of you who might think, well, I don't know, maybe I just need to go again, or maybe I just need to, uh, well, there is some of that, but I'm telling you, the moment you get up, because that's what I did in my apartment, I reached for that old Dakes Bible, it was big, it was gigantic, her brother gave it to me, I didn't even know how to read half of it. It was so big, and I, had, I said, oh, God, and I just laid my hands on it, I said, God, the enemy is just trying to tell me that this is going to be the rest of my life. God spoke to my heart, and he said, I, Fred, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I will define you. So my life hasn't turned out too bad. Give me a beautiful wife and great things. Do I have problems? Yes, I do. And I'm telling you, I will not be defined by the devil. And do not allow yourself to be defined on the devil. You look at the wider perspective rather than the close-up shot and realize that you plus Jesus is a majority in anything you will ever do the rest of your life. Stand to your feet, if you would, please. I'm excited about what God's going to do in your life. For those who are leaving, God bless you. Represent Jesus well. And also represent the school. For those, and those of you who are coming back, but we've got the summer, right? I'm asking those of you who are leaving for the summer, I'm asking you to... Preach the gospel is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to allow your focus to be focused on that which God has purposed for you. The greater redemptive aspect of him wanting to bring souls into a harvest. Be the seeds that God has called you to be. To share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that you might see something that we have been believing God for for some time. And it's in you. Visitation, in a word, revival. How many would like to see that? In you, in your family, in your streets, in this nation, 
in this country. How many want to see that? Oh, God Almighty, how many want to see that? And it's birthed in you. I want you to do this. I want you, before we close in prayer, I want you to turn to somebody right next to me, if you would. I want you to look at them right in the eyes and say, here's what I want you to say to them. I want you to say, look at the wider perspective. Look at the wider perspective. I want you to say it. Now turn around behind you. Look at the wider perspective. Now turn the other way and say, look at the wider perspective. All right, one more thing. I want you to say this to the person next to you. Say this. You're a global leader for revival. Look behind you, say it behind you. You're a global leader for revival. One more time. You're a global leader for revival. Okay, look. I'm stoked because I know that God is going to allow some people this summer to come to know him as a result of you. You're going you're to get a job, aren't you? Lydia, you're gonna, oh, and you, where are you going to work? You don't know yet, but you're going to get a job, right? Where you go, what are you going to do? Besides work and make money and be responsible. You're going to spread the word of God. And I know you will. You're small, but you're mighty. She's mighty. How many are going to spread the word? How many are going to be defined not by the close-up shot, but rather the wide perspective, who is Jesus? Okay? Amen.